all profit is value extraction. And that means that all profit is theft from you. Corporate America is on welfare, and they've got to get them off welfare. Welcome to Cars and Comrades Podcast, your favorite socialist car podcast. Today we have a special guest with us, Alex. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Pretty all right. Okay. Yeah, can't complain. Yeah, as you can hear, we've got the whole regular crew with us as well. Uh, We're going to be talking about used cars, what to look out for, what to buy, what to maybe avoid, and... uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, first, I think we're going to do some car updates, probably, as we always do. I'm not sure who is in turn to go first this time, but let's start with our guest. Alex, what do you got oh, going on? Oh, God. I've got three project cars at the moment. Uh, the only one I'm cur- Yeah. The problem is my girlfriend's into cars, too, so we actually just got her a new daily driver, and... I it has no it. problems. It works perfectly fine. And yeah. it will become a race car. There's, <laughs> there's, there couldn't be anything wrong with it because it's a 21-year-old German car. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. are, are you the best person we could have had on for the used car buying guide? I'm, I'm questioning this now. Maybe the worst. Maybe the worst. <laughs> Brought him to the fold for a reason. Because he's yeah. the best and the worst. He's learned well, from um, his mistakes. Yeah, tip number one. Do not buy a 20-year-old German car. Bad so, idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm I never bringing... got the impression that you learn from your mistakes. No, no, we don't do that. I'm bringing some diversity for sure. Um, yeah, we have five Volkswagens in the home currently. Oh. Yeah, that's commitment. So we got her a 2002 Jetta wagon. Okay, yeah. 2.0 liter. The two point slow. It's actually known as affectionately in the Volkswagen community. Mm-hmm. An automatic transmission, which. When the 2.0 is paired with the five-speed manual, it's actually a pretty bulletproof car for Volkswagen, believe it or not. You do your timing belt, water pump, and oil changes, and you're good. But yeah, she she's really liked them ever since she's seen them, and we're looking to replace her current car, which is a nice, new, shiny car that has a warranty. But she's two years in, sick of car payments, and due to buying the car, like, just before the COVID spike, she could actually get out of her car now and make some money. Ooh, nice. so, yeah, great. That is a tempting offer for sure. It's, it's very tempting. She's got to lose the luxuries of a new car and the peace of mind of a warranty. But hey, she has a mechanic boyfriend. So she's used to all the luxuries. So I was in the garage till midnight last night putting Apple CarPlay and a reversing camera and it only needs a couple other things. The transmission cooler is leaking a little bit. Definitely needs an oil change. Some knocking from the front. So we're going to do like strut bushings. Vibrating a little bit. Probably worn engine mounts. But other than that, it's actually a pretty solid car. Good shit. Yeah. As, in terms of our project cars go, that's like mint. 
Well, that's her project car. I have 1990 Golf that needs valve stem seals and doesn't run without pouring smoke out the exhaust. <laughs> and then I have, yeah, and I have a 92 Volkswagen GTI with a VR6 swap that needs uh, just needs a lot of love. It's actually pretty solid running wise. I just put a new rack, new steering rack, new power steering pump because the previous owner quote unquote deleted the power steering by never fixing the leak. Yeah, I was about to say, let me guess. <laughs> yeah, he, I, he, I deleted the power steering in my old Toyota Camry too. <laughs> yep. I was, he's like, so you know, I deleted the power steering. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you, you want it? You know, you want a little faster revs, this and that. And I look under the hood. I'm like, it's still there. He's like, no. Well, I just yeah, it leaked and I never fixed it. <laughs> He also deleted the air conditioning in the same way. <laughs> same here, actually. <laughs> yeah, the compressor is still there. It's still running on the belt, but it's deleted. <laughs> so he also, it's it's very common in the Volkswagen community, especially in the Golfs and GTIs. People like to delete the rear wiper blade because it, it kind of like cleans up the hatch area of the car. Mm-hmm. And whatever, that's fine. A lot of people never even use it. But he also deleted the front wipers. <laughs> I was nice. going to say, I have a friend that, that bought a, a Volkswagen that they had done that to. Y- yeah. Just, Alex, don't you live in Florida? Doesn't it like That's rain there a lot? Every day. Yeah. <laughs> and this was his daily driver. Wow. Yeah. I I had a friend who daily drove a Fox Body Mustang that he took the wipers off. I told him every time, I was like, dude, just... Put the fucking wiper blades back. What are you doing? Like, come on. No, dude, it's more aerodynamic. <laughs> <laughs> he was nice enough to, like, fill the holes in the wiper cowl with, like, you know, drain plug bolts and, like, <laughs> wash, washer grommets. Yeah. You might be wondering why I bought this car, but if, if you're not a Volkswagen person, the Mark II GTI is just getting increasingly hard to come by and if they're in good shape like this is an extreme instance but a 1992 gti 16 valve that was like all original bbs wheels recaros actually went on bring a trailer six months ago for about eighty two thousand dollars. jesus christ god damn bring and a trailer is fucking crazy are these though people? that's not a good measure no bring a trailer that's like is a fake like... economy it's like cryptocurrencies of the car market like <laughs> yeah it, it's money laundering, but but in the in the real world, like a really prime example of one, like they're twenties to thirties now. Like they're I think they're ten years away from being, you know, like in E thirty, M three territory, like if they're showroom condition and whatnot. So I got the car for five grand running. It's been resprayed kind of shoddily, but decent enough, ten footer, and it's just like it's gonna be a long term like make it as close to stock as I can. So yeah, other than that, the other golf needs a cylinder head. So I'm going to, I need to drag that out of my dealership parking lot soon. Cause they keep complaining about it. <laughs> other than that. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I feel like your projects have a higher likelihood of ever working again than some of ours? <laughs> I was going to say. 
Yeah, both of these cars I got in non-running fashion less than a year ago, and they both run now, just not perfectly. So, yeah, see, I do that backwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at taking running cars and then just fucking them right up. The problem is my daily driver is an SUV that has towing capabilities, and I live like a quarter mile from a U-Haul place. So I just go get a trailer for 60 bucks. And if I'm on marketplace and see something shitty enough, I could get it the same day. It's really a problem. Yeah. It sounds like the opposite of a problem. Honestly, that sounds great. It's bad for my financials, but, and I live in an apartment complex that doesn't really monitor (laughs) spots. Like there's guest spots that no one cares what's there. So I have almost infinite parking. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah, I used to do that same thing, but with scooters, like it, and all you really need is a hatchback to haul a scooter around. You don't even need a trailer. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have friends that like, I'm a Volkswagen guy, but I'm also an every car type of guy. Like I appreciate everything and like everything. And my buddies got me down the first gen Honda Insight rabbit hole. Oh, those okay. Are cool. Yep. Yeah, and his is, he actually drove it down here last month from Delaware. He just, he drives around the country. He has like four and a half days off every week and just drives around. (laughs) Is he a landlord? (laughs) (laughs) He actually works for Walmart. He's like IT security for Walmart. The shitty thing is he works like Saturday and Sunday every week. But the good thing is he has plenty of days off. Wow. But yeah, he's got a lithium swapped Insight, and it's really fun. It's a really fun car, and he gets sixty nine miles per gallon. Nice. What? <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't want to see anyone else down that rabbit hole of the first gen Insight, but it's have you easy. seen that guy that puts the turbocharger on him? I have not. Please I don't tell me about him. <laughs> I, well, I'm going to anyways, uh, I think it's in Florida. I think it's LHT performance. I want to say I can find the link, mm-hmm. um, but he mostly does um, like S2000 stuff, but also a couple insights and civics and whatnot. You know, they weigh like 1800 pounds. Yeah. 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 Mostly aluminum. That's the only thing that scares me. Like it's, it's a great candidate for a daily driver because like how often do you need to fuel up? But also my commute is I-95 in South Florida, and I don't want to die. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, that's not a problem I have. Yeah, I really like that ugly, ugly citrus green that, like, the first year of those came in. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking. Yeah, that's pretty much it for my updates, if anyone's got any other fun car updates. Oh, oh, we do. Yeah, of course. Always. Always. At the very least, I've been busy. Well, Brandon, you want to take it away? We'll go alphabetical. Oh, sure. Um, I I, uh, I can't remember where I left off. I, I had destroyed my bicycle the last time we talked, right? Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. I don't, at least I don't remember. <laughs> uh, as, numerous people have now pointed out to me that my luck, my bad luck is not just with cars, as I was able to uh, crack the frame of my bicycle riding home from work one day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, but... No, I know I have actual updates. Um, I have been not quite dailying, but almost dailying the Cutlass now. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I, I built a new carburetor for it, and with a little uh, tweaking and tuning, it was running way 
still not great. I brought some stuff home to tune it yesterday, but uh, way better than it was before. Um, I now have a gnarly oil leak from the valve covers that drips directly onto the exhaust manifolds. Um, oh, that's fun. Yeah, fortunately, like they don't get very hot. I've been working on that. It's it's a mixed bag because once I got the valve cover gasket or once I got the valve cover off, I realized that the previous uh, uh, owner idiot whatever uh, did not use a gasket. They just <laughs> RTV'd it onto the motor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Great. But, but it was on there so fucking good. Um, I don't I don't know if it was warped from just being on there or if I like bent it a little bit taking it off. But now. Uh, I replaced the gasket, and it leaks much less, but still a bit. I had all these issues with belt alignment for my power steering pump. It was what I believed was bent, but it was missing a bolt in one bracket. And there was another like stud that you could tighten the bolt that I thought was tightening it as much as you wanted, but it wasn't pulling the stud into the pump. So I like I pulled everything off, went through it, put it back on. Everything is in better alignment now. I, I fixed uh, my lights and, and turn signals and all weren't working. And so I fixed it by driving to my friend's house and hitting several bumps. There you go. And now they just all work. That's literally all I did. And I'm not going to ask any questions about that. Um, <laughs> Problem <yeah>. solved. <laughs> like, I knew I, I, it's, it's got uh, uh, two headlights on either side. And I had two working headlights. So I'm like, that's fine. That's enough for me to drop my friend off at home and get back. It's only like a couple of miles. And by the time I got home, I had three headlights and two turn signals. And a day later, the other, the other headlight popped on. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. There you go. That's the best way to fix wiring problems. Uh, it's, the, it's the scariest. Because you know it'll be back. <laughs> when oh, yeah. will it be back? Yeah. My, I like uh, didn't drive my my Ford for like a week, and when I started it up, it wouldn't idle or run correctly. So I I pulled the air cleaner off and looked because it, it kind of it felt like a vacuum leak, and it was the PCV uh, hose had come loose. But also the uh, there's a little uh, piece that goes on top of the carburetor that the air cleaner stud goes into that for the this this type of carburetor is held in place by screws on either side and one was about to fall out and the other one had fallen out and it was in the carburetor like oh. inside oh, the venturi no. hanging from I, I, the booster that sits in the middle of the carburetor <laughs> <laughs> like if it tweaked a little bit it would have just gone straight into the head got that all back sorted out and 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 fixed up and it still ran like dog shit <laughs> because because that's the best that i can ever hope for from that uh motor but it, uh i i think I, I don't know man i just did a basic tune-up i like you know checked all the plugs wires fucked with just everything that i could made sure that uh like one of the linkages on the on the car was slightly bound up i found a slightly loose screw on my intake blah 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 torqued everything down went through it i actually like did a more uh professional job than i'm usually would do where normally i would be very like uh almost slapstick about it i, I went through torqued everything to spec double checked everything that could be causing any sort of misfire because it was a at this point it was down to like just a misfire under certain circumstances like once you're up to about 40 miles an hour it had sorted itself out but between 20 and 30 it was pretty rough idle or rough run 
And I don't know what I did to fix that either. I just, I got it down to where it would occasionally misfire shifting into third. And now it just doesn't at all. Um, yeah. So a lot of problems fixing themselves. But uh, it was a trade-off because as soon as that uh, started running fine again, uh, my wheel bearing went out. And that was yesterday. I haven't fixed it yet. Mm. Fun. Uh, but you I'm don't need to. Yeah, because I'm, st I'm still on that life where if something doesn't run right, I'll just ride my bike. <laughs> well, you got three good wheel bearings anyway, so. Yeah. It's, I, I would consider the one that's going out one of the important ones. It's in the back. Yeah. But no, I'll, I'll sort it out. That's that's just annoying because I don't have a press. Like, pulling, pulling the axle out of that thing takes about five or six minutes. But my last wheel bearing, I cut it off with a drum or with a, an angle grinder okay because I, because I didn't have a press and then i used a long piece of tubing and uh some teflon to do some padding and hammered the like retainer for the wheel bearing uh for i don't know 45 minutes <laughs> <laughs> i guess if it works that's a long time though I Dude, it was literally it. like i would go until my arm started to go numb and then my friend would take over because one of us <laughs> had to hold the tubing so that yeah. we weren't banging it all over the axle and the other one was like smacking it with like a five pound hammer and it was just a back and forth for like <laughs> oh my god it took two of us 45 minutes it would have taken me alone like three and a half hours because jesus i think i think napa will uh still press bearings or at least some of them i mean i know a couple of places i can go that that day in particular a friend of mine had given me bad advice on how to do it and when I went to go do his advice, I'm like, hey, you know you're an idiot, right? And he's like, well, you're the one that listened to me. I'm like, that's that's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you can't always get mad at me for not listening to you and then get mad at me when I do listen to you and you're wrong all the time. The more impressive part is if you got it done. That's I mean, I'm, I'm. And didn't damage the, the bearing. No, okay, like, uh, I, I did take some exhaustive efforts to make sure that the bearing itself wouldn't get damaged. The, uh, the retainer ring that you actually have to press on, yeah, it might have been a little bit worse for wear, but all that does is hold the bearing in place and seat up against the house, the axle housing. Mm -hmm. So it's fine. If it works, it works. <clears throat> uh, I think I was pretty well done. I'm going to have to do a wheel bearing on the Ford, which... You know they're fucking annoying, but it's not hard. I'm just—I know a couple of mechanics that you know. If I throw them twenty bucks, they'll probably just press it on for me. If I bring them the axle and uh, worst case scenario, I go buy a Harbor Freight press and build a like whatever little fixture or jig I have to to press it on and call it a day. Cool. Good what shit. Are the, what are those Harbor Freight uh, presses cost? Like forty bucks, eighty. Yeah, something like that. They're not bad. I mean, hell, if you have the tube that's the right size, you could use a floor jack even to just push it up into something. Yeah. I do have a tube that's the right size. That is not the worst idea you just said. Yeah, that's uh, that's how you do it. Get that floor yeah. jack and just push it up onto there. Yeah. Stick it on until the next time we record, and I'm like, so here's the story of how I destroyed my roof. <laughs> Connor's advice is not to be followed. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been uh, driving the Cutlass a lot. It's fun. Like, I can tell the transmission's fucked, but I'm enjoying putting a few miles on it, so. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I just I, I I can't do burnouts anymore. Like I can't put the brakes down and do a burnout because the RPMs go way up, but nothing happens. Um, yeah, it's a bad transmission. But yep, I can still good. launch hard from a stop sign and spin the tires for a good ten or fifteen feet. So I'm just enjoying doing that. That's all that matters. <laughs> yep. And the fancy neighborhood that I live next to, they love it. Oh, I bet. Brandon, with the with the number of burnouts you do, you you should actually genuinely consider maybe like using some like drift tires or something like Kendas or Valino tires or something like what I use because they do hold up to that kind of abuse real well. I like okay. The, I'm going to say the the a real dumb thing. Um, I like the like what it's like nostalgia or vintage or whatever, like tread patterns. Yeah. That's what I figure. I mean, I know it's, it's, it would be a switch. So away well, from that, that. it, it kind of depends. I've been reconsidering some of, of the previous stuff I've been doing to it. I want to put it on 17s and do a lot of suspension upgrade. And I feel like if, I feel like if all I was doing was running like a more modern style of, of like better tire and nothing else, then it's, it's kind of lipstick on a pig. But if I do, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to do coilovers in the rear and upgrade yeah. my front suspension, 17-inch rims, and just generally do some stuff to improve the handling and, and driving, then I would consider it. I think that would be sick. I would be. I would. That would be very sick. I think. Yeah, I mean, I've been pricing out like all the different kits, and I, I think if I like don't bite off more than I can chew, and you know, I could buy like the thousand dollar like rear suspension kit here and. When I get around to doing that and get it installed, then cool. Then I can buy the like two thousand dollar like front, like new A arms, new shocks and coilovers, and like all that. I was like pricing out new K members because these are, are kind of big and bulky and all that. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just gonna let it be a thing that I can enjoy. But you know, take it off. My goal is to have it be a thing that I drive as however much I feel like it. And then every now and then for, you know, a few weeks or a month, I take it off the road and improve something. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah that sounds like a great plan. Yeah. And since I don't need it, as long as I have a bicycle, I'm good. There, there go. he goes again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to stop talking about how awesome it is. You guys should all work one mile away from your home. <laughs> uh, I swear to God, if you bring up biking to work again one more time, one more time, it's okay. But here's the thing, though: I get, I, I get why it's it's rubbing it in, but it's made cars infinitely better for me. Yeah, yeah. it has improved my hobby because it's no longer a necessity the way that it was. It's car by choice. Yeah, Dude, it's just the really way like... it should be. Oh yeah. my God. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the argument that we've made here for. Probably half the time we've had the show once we realized that we're car guys who hate cars. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 beautiful. Just not having the option to do it without the needing to is is the most beautiful thing. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. I'm so, happy for you and hate you at the same time. Yeah, exactly <laughs> my thoughts. That's an emotion. That's how I have felt about myself for a lot of my life, except without the happy part. Well, now I'm there with you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, tomorrow it's going to be a little bit chilly, so I'm still going to ride my bike because I like the exercise. I was going to ask, you know, you get serious winters there in Pittsburgh. Is that just going to be the time you choose, like, okay, I'm going to take the car today because it's, you know, 10 degrees? No. Um, 
Pittsburgh winters are not a, a real thing anymore like they used to be because, and like, no one believes me, but I, I do genuinely believe Pittsburgh winters have already been destroyed by global warming like 10 years ago. No, I believe it. We haven't had a serious, serious snowstorm, or if we have, it was like an outlier in like years. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, when uh, in my 20s, I lived in Philly, and there were definitely days when it was like, you know, 10 or 15 degrees out, and I still r- would ride 15 or 20 miles that day. Okay. Because uh, when I when I was younger, I didn't have cars at all. I, dr- I rode my bike everywhere. And my normal routine was between 15 and 25 miles a day riding. Yeah, so I guess you don't really need snow bike tires. You just need a ski mask. Yeah, you just got to dress more. Good. I mean, yeah. for the most part, like, streets get plowed eventually, and a, a bike tire can go on that. Maybe not, like, the super thin road bike tires, but, like, your average, I don't know, bike with average tires on it can go over you know snow once it's been shoveled for the most part yeah you should know that i would never do a practical thing and i actually do run super thin road back tires <laughs> okay <laughs> those are good because they they're thin enough that they kind of cut through the snow uh, that's yeah, true. I, I actually like i used to ride in some pretty heavy snow i've i've probably ridden in six inches of snow yeah i used to when i was young and i didn't have a good time but i got where i was going there was only one blizzard ever that was so bad that as it was happening, I couldn't ride in it. Or mm-hmm. I at least wouldn't. No, no, I was physically unable to because my pedals were like, like in the snow. It was just too much. But yeah, now it's just a matter of figuring out if old man me is as tough as 25-year-old me. And he's not. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, I, can, I can spoil that for you. I'm discovering definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I went to a death metal show like uh, last weekend. And... Well, one, it, like, I'm a big fucking guy, and I'm always nice to people in a pit. I want everyone to have a good time, but I kind of forget that I'm a big guy. And even my bouncer friend who is up uh, above the crowd and, like, observing afterwards was like, dude, everyone was just avoiding you. <laughs> like, no one wanted to get hit by you. So I'm just like, all right, yeah, hell yeah, I'm still a, like, tough old man. And then the next day, I could barely walk. So <laughs> Wait, who did you go see though? I didn't uh, even know. Exhumed and Sepultura. Oh, that's a great show. T- to be clear, it wasn't Sepultura, but it was the real Sepultura. Right. It was Cavalera conspiracy. So it was uh, Max and Igor Cavalera playing the first two Sepultura albums. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I went to see Cannibal Corpse and uh, Mayhem and Gore Guts. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was fucking great. And uh, and Blood Incantation opened, which if you're not familiar with Blood Incantation, you need to check them out. They're a Denver band. Fucking so sick. Okay. You might have told me about that one. Yeah, I'm sure I did. I talk about them a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the name sounds familiar, so maybe I've heard you mention them, but I definitely don't like know them, know them. Oh, yeah. Definitely give them, give them a listen. All right. I will forget this, but I will try to remember. I'll remind you because I talk about them a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's that's pretty well me, Brian. What what do you what have you been up to? Uh, well, before I uh, say that, I did find that um, Florida man who uh, put a turbo on a stock Insight. So I'm gonna. Oh yeah, enable me. Ooh, it's red too. Sorry, I muted myself there. Can you all hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering if we were just watching a YouTube video now instead of recording. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of was, but 
I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to like skip through it real quick just to see. It does look ooh, ooh, dino numbers. What do we got here? I think that's it got even that's interesting. Part. I think it even got better mileage too. Yeah, uh, this not only gives the cars a little more power. In most cases, we've seen a five to ten mile per hour gain. Yeah, mile per gallon. Yeah, with a turbo. This is fucking yeah. awesome. They're a lot of fun, even without a turbo. It's it's just. It's hard for a small car to not be fun. Yeah. But something about the combination of the, you know, the weight of the car being under 2,000 pounds. And then the, the, I've never driven a stock one. I've only driven his with the lithium swap. But like the, the torquey assist from the electric motor, just a blast to drive. Is it a manual too? Your friends? Yep. Nice. Yep. So... I haven't been working on too much. I've mostly just been driving my Sabaru after I got it back, uh, you know, running and everything. One of the things I had to do when I was working on it was disconnect the power steering lines. And now uh, they're leaking. So I got new O-rings and gaskets and stuff for that. I just need to install it. But right now it is making a weird noise and being kind of herky-jerky and dripping fluid onto the exhaust and smoking out the hood. Ooh, uh, so that's yeah. fun. The other day, my coworker is like, is that your car that's uh, smoking in the parking lot? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Don't worry. I've got a fire. <laughs> I know about it. And then it's also, I think, leaking gasoline out the back somewhere um, out of the tank. And I'm really hoping it's just the gasket that the uh, pump goes on. Because I had taken the pump out just to, to check it when I was having trouble, and I didn't replace that gasket, so I think maybe it's just a little torn or whatever. If that's not it, it might be like the fuel filler neck, and that'd be a bit more of a pain in the ass. But yeah, I don't know. It smells like gas, so I've, I've been parking it outside to you know not burn down the house or anything. And then uh, I haven't done anything with my MR2. I just need to find out figure out what kind of tires I'm going to buy and put that those on the Saturn rims that I have and then um, park it in the garage for a few months and do all the bushings and other stuff that I want to do to the suspension to, you know, freshen that up over the winter. But yeah, uh, first I want to, you know, tackle everything that I, all the other little leftover repairs on my Sabaru and get that, you know, ready for the winter, put the snow tires on it and all that shit. But, um, oh, and uh, I also need to, to uh, swap out the, the shifters on my bicycle because they're not, not working 100%. Uh, one of them has a visible crack in it, so I'm pretty sure that's the, the problem. Um, and I have new shifters for it. I just haven't put them on yet. So uh, that's about where I'm at. Uh, I'm sure slowly I'll... converting this into a bike podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I think I told you guys when I got it, but I have a bike that I found in a dumpster that I need to do some work on. So we can definitely do bike pod. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Bikes and comrades. That would actually make way more sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we did do a couple shows about bicycles. Yeah, so. fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I got. Uh, so, Connor, what have you been doing? Um, I haven't been doing terribly too much on the car. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure 
the last time we recorded, I had already put in the new hydraulic handbrake. So uh, I can confirm. I think I hadn't used it, though, or not really. Or maybe I had. I don't know. It works real well. I'm happy with it. <laughs> it locks up the rear wheels very nicely. It's got pretty good placement, although it does hit my uh, my knee because I'm, I don't have a racing seat. So I get thrown around, and my knee is hitting uh, the new hydro location so um i have it covered in rags right now just to like protect it a little bit um or protect my knee from it but uh i am gonna have to put in a uh racing seat which has been sitting in my garage for several months now but not in the car is that the one that you had some problem with like brackets not lining up yeah so so it was you know the brackets and stuff weren't lining up i think i have a way to make it work i'm gonna have to like cobble it together a little bit so i have like loose seat rails that I'm going to attach to the bottom of the seat. And then wherever those sit, I'm going to see if the bar that I have actually fits. I have a feeling it won't. So I'll have to cut the bar that like the adjustment, you know, uh, lever. So I'll probably have to cut that and either like cut it and make it smaller um, or cut it and then add a piece of uh, tubing or metal in between it to make it wider. So I don't know which way that's going to go yet. I just haven't wanted to fuck with it. And a part of me is like nervous about putting too much work into it. Cause I, ugh, there's just that part of me that's like, ugh, I don't have a removable steering wheel and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work. Like, am I going to be able to get in and out of this fucking car with a racing seat? Um, like a legit racing seat. Like there's probably some, you know, more, some that are like a little less aggressive than the one I have, which the one I have isn't even that bad. It's reclinable and stuff, but um, I don't know. I'm just a little nervous about how that process is going to gonna go. And I would do a removable steering wheel, but I don't know. I, I, I see a lot of people have those and they're really cool and I want it really bad. But also, I kind of like having an airbag because like if I get in an accident yeah. on the street, I would like to survive. Like, <laughs> So I don't I don't know. I'm kind of like, uh, I, you know, not having an airbag seems not great um but it's uh a, you know it's a rough combination of daily driver slash practical race car where you're yep trying to That's make those yeah, compromises yeah and i know a lot of people do just they just which i when i was young i i you know i bought a steering wheel and everything i was going to put it in and i it wasn't even because of i just never got around to it but it wasn't even the airbag concerns like i was like oh fuck it i'll die whatever um i'm a little bit older now and i'm like yeah i don't want to just die <laughs> so not wait, aren't I um, older than you <laughs> he's like i'm ready yeah <laughs> give it a few um, years it'll come back around you'll be like i've lived a good life so i'm good yeah, <laughs> yeah do it again it's, um, it's car guy horseshoe theory yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> young wants to die middle aged uh, not so much old yeah fuck it I'm gonna die yeah fuck it <laughs> so yeah I, I, I have been looking into which I don't think there's removable steering wheel options like I can get a better steering wheel that would allow me to retain the airbag but I don't think uh, they'd be removable which really fucking sucks so I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get in and out of this thing maybe, maybe I will and you know it won't be a big deal but it's just one of those things that I've, I've got to think about. But yeah, I, I was at a track event. Like, was it last weekend or the weekend before? No, the weekend before last weekend, um, I went to the track and I'm, I'm almost certain I was literally the only car 
that did not have a racing seat. And I'm like, man, I remember a few years back, like people didn't like automatically upgrade their cars to have a racing seat. Like it wasn't like the first thing people did. And I think in the last few years, like that's like the first mod that people do for their drift cars. Um, so I feel like that's shifted a little bit. And also uh, I'm, I'm behind on a lot of the modifications. So like, there's a bunch of shit that I have done, but there's a bunch of shit that I haven't like, this is just, hey, I, you know, I don't have the money for everything. You know what I mean? And this is my daily driver. So, like, everybody now is running, you know, hydraulic handbrakes and angle kits and racing seats. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, one of these days I'll I'll get there. And <laughs> it sucks, like, like, drifting on, like, my OEM wheels and stuff, which the car doesn't look great. You know what I mean? It doesn't have that coolness factor. Um, drifting on the stock wheels, it just looks very normal (laughs) so there's a lot of things that like i could still upgrade but um point being i went to the track i did have a good time for the most well okay actually it was kind of a disaster so i had a fun time but it was kind of a disaster so i went to the track uh it's about four hours away i was in um a hotel that was whatever the hotel kind of (laughs) sucked i'll leave it at that it was not great but so I, I was I went to a two day drifting event. I was there for the second day to actually drive. Um, and if you follow our social media, this was where I was when I was posting a million pictures and videos to our stories of drifting. Obviously, that's where I was. Um, so I didn't get to drift at night because um, I just didn't have uh, the Saturday pass. I was just drifting Sunday. But I went and I did okay, but I had a bunch of tire issues. So like two of the wheels that I brought were on used tires that I wanted to like burn up and they were both one was leaking air kind of quickly the other one was leaking air slowly and then I had all my all four of my stock wheels which is what I normally drift on so I um I had had some issues with getting flat tires the week prior to the event and so one of them like I had a bad valve stem I had that fixed and the other one, um, I, I, my mechanic didn't get a chance to look at. And I was like, ah, fuck it, whatever. It's losing air pretty slowly. It's not a big deal. So we got, so I got to the event. Um, I went to the track at night. I was doing all this stuff. And then I come out to the parking lot to go, like, it's, like, late at night. I'm going to go grab some food and go back to the uh, hotel. And I go to the parking lot, and my driver's side tire is flat. And that was a tire that had not been having issues. So I was like... Oh, no worries. I have a air compressor in the car. I'll fill it up real quick. Uh, didn't work. <laughs> so um, it, 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 I got it to about 15 PSI. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe it'll hold air for an, long enough for me to um, get back to where I need to go. Uh, it did not. So I had to, on the side of the road, of course, luckily I had some extra wheels that were also leaking air. Um, but, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So I put it on a different wheel. And that was fine, but I I saw it wasn't until the next day that I figured out what was going on. The two front tires that I had on the inside had worn so I don't even know what the fuck happened. They they were wearing on the inside because I run, you know, some negative camber, but not like that much. Negative camber doesn't wear your tires out as much as people think. Um, My toe is probably off a little bit um, just because I've changed ride height and coilovers and I still haven't gotten an alignment. But I don't know if that's really what caused the issue. Um, So on both of my front tires, the inside 
where the sidewall meets the tread fucking just completely blew out like or like wore to a point on like a specific part of the tire where there was just like an absolute slit through the entire point where it met the tread of the tire on both front wheels and i think that was because the week before i was at another track and i was trying to practice uh higher speed entries which did not go well i spun pretty much every time so it'd be like by the way higher speed entries not that fast in my case i'm still pretty rusty um and i never drifted really that fast so i was trying to do like third gear shit right so nothing crazy 55 60 mile per hour entries um and i would this track is pretty slick so i would spin pretty much immediately like a a clutch kick and like right back on the clutch and it was still just like it was hard to uh to not spin so i think spinning the car out at 55 60 miles per hour um like a dozen times might have been a little bit too much for the front tires to handle so i don't know if that's what caused it but like based on the way that it looked like it was like almost like it found a spot on the tire that flat spotted or something and like i think that's where it was catching and just like dragging across the fucking pavement in a perpendicular fashion you know what i mean so Mm. i think that's kind of probably what did it which sucks because like these tires were they were drift tires um that i meant to put on the back but because i had to put them on the front i just didn't drift on them but they had almost like the tread looked almost new um on both the front tires and both the front tires failed the same like day like the one that was leaking air a little like after over a few hours looked bad but the one that i didn't have any issues with looked way worse because like when it went out it was out it was fucked and i was like jesus christ like i've been driving on the highway all this time with these tires. And I'm like, I am so thankful that I didn't have like a more serious blowout because they were not good. So yeah, I had those tire issues, which meant I had to buy a couple of new tires at the track and have those mounted. And I had to do a lot more swapping tires. Like I'd have to switch like my back tires and put them to the front, take the front. Like, so I had to spend way more time in the pits than I usually do, which sucked. Um, And then pretty much right as I figured out my tire issues, uh, my, crank position sensor decided to take a shit and i started losing power so Uh. so like i was trying to like drift and like i'd get to a certain part of the track and i'm like why does it like in the morning i was able to do this and then like here it's like i'm like just don't have the power i'm like bogging down i was like what the fuck and my check engine light's always on so like i wasn't paying any attention to that and also one of my o2 sensors um don't know how but uh, i had discovered that one of my O2 sensor wires was just completely cut clean through. So um, I wasn't paying any attention to the check engine light for that reason. <laughs> um, so, um, so I was like, until I ran the code and I looked at it, which, you know, I use my phone app, um, which again, I, I highly recommend you get. I looked at the phone app and I'm like, hmm, crank position sensor. It's an easy fix, but it's like, it's the afternoon. And I'm like, I'm going to just try and get as much seat time as I can. Um, yeah. I'll fix this like this week. So it kind of just changed how I had to drift. It wasn't as clean, but I just relied on the uh, handbrake a little bit more. So like there, instead of like trying to do more clutch kicks or like trying to power through stuff, um, I was like, I'd go into it with a little less power and use the handbrake instead. So like 
my runs were okay. I was able to like drift through the day, but yeah, it did. Uh, it did put a hamper on, on my, my drifting a little bit. So, you know, I adapted as best I could. I have it fixed now. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit of a bummer that it was like tire issues in the morning and then, um, you know, engine power issues in the afternoon. So my drifting was not quite as good as it could have been, but, um, you know, whatever. I mean, this whole season has been me shaking off the cobwebs. So hopefully, you know, I'll be able to do a little bit more next year. And of course I have plenty of upgrades planned. Getting a racing seat, um, in the car is, is one of the big ones. So that and the angle kit that I also have sitting in the garage. So, you know, upgrades are coming, but, um, overall it wasn't too bad. I'm just happy to get like any kind of seat time really. So that's pretty much where I'm at. Yeah. Not having a racing seat, you don't realize how exhausting it is because you're, you're, especially with the kind of driving you're doing, you're probably trying to hold yourself in place. I've seen videos of, of in the car. I use my elbow against the door like while yeah. driving like it's so goofy because you don't know you're doing it until you like the next day you're like man my elbow hurts <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's exhausting as hell and you'll see yeah. once you get a real seat in there like the fatigue will be way down when you're like strapped in properly yeah so i am looking forward to that my so funny, just... stupid input on this from my perspective is that um i have bucket seats in in my cutlass which is you know, the performance option for 1967. And I have bought a bench seat that I'm going to recover because I would rather have a bench seat and still do the dumb shit I do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I can, I can tell you if you, I feel like if you did try to like actually drift the car and do like, uh, even if you try to do a figure eight, I feel like you would be like, Oh, I definitely need bucket seats again. (laughs) Oh no. I just want four of my friends to be able to sit next to me up front. There you go. That works. That, yeah. That'll keep you in place. But anyway, that said, that's uh, that's that's all I got. So, uh, Zach, what have you been up to? Oh, man. Uh, not a whole lot, but um, did I update you guys on the Audi yet? It sold, didn't it? It sold it, yeah. It sold, yeah. I can't remember if I had mentioned that on the pod or not. But... Well, for, then I was, I was like, oh, no, wait. Is there an update to that? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is. There is a bit of an oh, update. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I sold it to the guy, and he messaged me and said that it was having some issues and was asking <laughs> me about it. And I was yeah, they're like, your issues now, bud. Yeah, <laughs> you bought it. I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I uh, I did help him out as much as I could, but yeah, it's. I was like, yeah, welcome to the fucking club, brother. It's shitty here. You, you made the decision, though. Yeah. So uh, no take back. Yeah. No taxis, backsies. It's it's yours now. You deal with those problems. That is literally the worst Audi S4 ever made, as far as like drivetrain standards. Like the V8, yeah. it it sounds amazing. It's great, but it is probably one of the least reliable engines they ever made, and that's saying a lot for Audi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I trust me. I'm very familiar with that. It's. Uh, <laughs> It was a gigantic pain in my ass, and I'm glad that it's gone. And, um, yeah, I I just – I pretty much told the guy. I was like, yeah, look, like, sorry. <laughs> it's it's your issue now. Um, I think I did a pretty good job rebuilding it, you know, as far as I know I did. So any issues henceforth are not new, not, new, not on my conscience. I, I did what I could. I got the timing chains and everything 
fixed. So, you know, any issues that come up is, is just on you, buddy. Did, uh, uh, did he seem naive to what he was getting himself into or like, no, he seemed to have done a lot of research on them and like was asking me very pertinent questions. Like seemed like he knew what he was talking about and, and really had, uh, done his research, but, uh, yeah, he still was pretty gung ho about buying it. So, you know, that's, that's on him. Yeah. Yeah. I've bought and sold enough German cars that like, and I've no, I've had like the phone calls about, you know, issues afterwards that it, I found it like more peace of mind for me, like sleeping at night is just being like super transparent, like, Hey, you know, you know what you're getting yourself into, right? Like this isn't going to be a Honda Accord and you have to really want this car because it may be a headache. And then yeah. like, from there on out, like you accept that, okay, you're buying a used car that I'm telling you could be a problem. There's really not much you could say to me after. It's hard to not laugh at y'all because I drive stuff that's notoriously a problem, but also notoriously hard to find parts for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can find the parts for this car really easily. They're all just $900 each. For oh, that's what I'm saying. Part. For my early Chevys, it's like, oh, you can't find it? Fucking make it. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, I that's why I know how to do so much of the stuff that I know how to do, because I had to learn to make stuff. But nonetheless, it's it can be a frustrating process. So, like, when you're, like, the big complaint is, like, ah, the parts are available, but they're expensive. I'm, like, there, there are days I would take that. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, it it sucks dropping, you know, several thousand dollars on parts, but at least I didn't have to fabricate it. So everything's a trade-off. It sucks having to like having to sign yeah. a V8 Audi. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah, I had the same thought when I bought it. I was like, this is awesome. It's a V8 Audi. Like, what could be wrong with that? <laughs> so, and then <laughs> I got into it and was like, yeah, okay. I see why these things are cheap. This sucks. Yep. Well, um, someone else's problem now. Yep. Not my problem anymore. So I'm uh, focusing on other things now. <laughs> Namely, uh, my Subaru. I bought some suspension for it. I ended up going with uh, lifted suspension. I can't remember if I mentioned this on the pod yet or not either, but... I went with, um, what's that? I think briefly. Briefly. Yeah, it's still being built. They said like four to six weeks out uh, on the suspension. But I went with um, flat out three inch lift and three inch extra travel. Nice. Uh, And once I get it all together, I'm definitely going to be hitting up some rally cross events in that guy. And since I sold the Audi, I now have some money for a pickup, which I'm still looking for. And uh, I think this episode will help me decide what I'm going to get. I've got some trucks that we're going to look at, and you guys can tell me that they're terrible decisions, and I'll... Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right now, I'm looking at, like, uh, first or second gen Tundras and um, some, like, 08-ish F-150s. So you can tell me all the problems with those trucks and why I shouldn't buy one. Uh, the big problems with F-150s is that they were made by Ford. Yeah, that's definitely the biggest issue. <laughs> I don't think anyone can take issue with a Tundra. I mean, I don't know ish enough about them, but like it's a Toyota. 
Yeah. Yeah, the bad thing is that all of the ones that are in my price range have over 200,000 miles, which I know for a Toyota, that's like right past the break-in period, but still. You know, honestly, though, I feel like – so I, I to me, I look at the truck prices, and I, I, I'm like, no, I can't do it. No way. Not in a million years will I pay – you know, $15,000 for a car for a truck with over 250,000 miles on it. But the number of trucks from every brand like that, that I see is kind of like, and I don't know the actual reasoning, right? If it's just because they use iron blocks or what it is, but a lot of trucks from pretty much every brand, the American ones, the Toyotas, the Nissan, whatever, they're all capable of going well over 200,000 miles for decades. They've been like that. And I yeah. don't know if it's because they run like, do they run lower compression or something? Like, is it just like, oh, well, it's because they run nine to one compression on non-turbo engines that like it's just an, a cakewalk for them or what? But like that does seem to be a thing with most trucks is they can pretty reliably hit high mileage, which is unusual for like when you come from like thinking about cars. It, it just seems yeah. different. And I don't know the reason for it, but. Yeah, the mileage ranges are just completely different. Like a high mileage truck is pushing three hundred thousand, where a high mileage car is pushing two hundred thousand. Yeah. If I had to guess, I'd say that it's just that, you know, pickup trucks in the U.S. That's a very competitive field, and so all the manufacturers are putting some effort into engineering a decent truck. Yeah. You know. The same used to be true for like minivans. Um, I mean, it still is to some degree. Like you can get a, I, you know, went and found, you know, a few dozen minivans uh, for a decent price, if that's your thing, but, or, you know, family sedans, same kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that um, trucks in general are also just less abused. I mean, they're obviously abused in a different way, but they're not like driven hard like a uh like a sports car might be so that yeah. has a lot to do with it you know they're mainly commuter vehicles so the hard life that they live is more just like nasty shit getting thrown in them and things like that rather than you know people beating up on the motor and and running it out to red line at every stoplight that's not really happening as much with pickups but yeah that's that's kind of where i am looking for a truck still have the ranger um it still needs a transmission. I'll do that when I do it. Uh, That's the attitude I like. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows when that'll be, but it's on the list. You know, it'll get done when it gets done. I got some money now, so I'm not super worried about selling it to get money to buy a truck. I've got a little bit of cash saved up, so I'm I'm just looking looking for a pickup. Have yeah. you, uh, I think it was you, were you still on the possible Maverick idea? Yeah, I would love to get a Maverick. If I could find one at MSRP, I would buy it tomorrow. Like they don't exist. Is it still very like a competitive uh, buyer's market if you wanted a new one? Are you looking for a new one or lightly used? Uh, anything, honestly. Yeah. Uh, you you just can't find them. I mean, used ones are going for MSRP prices, and new ones are going for 10k over. Jeez. So Ugh. yeah, it's ridiculous. And I mean, I would love a Maverick, but. Yeah, it's just not in the cards. To, uh, like, I mean, I just couldn't justify it. Even if I had the money to buy one outright, I wouldn't spend 10K over MSRP on one because that's just fucking stupid. It's supposed to be a small, cheap, light truck that, you know, 
is cheap and that's the whole idea behind it and then you know they had supply chain issues there for a while and now i think they're just relying on the idea of supply chain issues to mark them up like crazy because they've uh, come into production pretty well now but they're still selling for way over msrp i mean if you can find one for like 5k over msrp that's a pretty good deal I mean, they didn't, I don't think they ended up following through on this at all, so fuck them, but Ford was like one of the companies that announced that they were going to, I don't know, have some sort of repercussions if right. uh, dealerships continued to price gouge. Yeah. So, they I did, mean, uh, like, it, at least on the manufacturing end, it wasn't entirely Ford's doing. Yeah. I'm almost starting yeah. to feel like, and like, bear with me here. Uh, it's almost like capitalism has failed us. <laughs> no, it would never do that. Hey, listen, you crazy? Buddy, I'll help I'm just you kidding. I'm, I'm just criticizing crony capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't you try uh, moving to one of the countries that we exploit then, pal, if you hate it here. <laughs> <laughs> if you hate America so much, go somewhere we can bomb you. <laughs> I literally had a coworker say that to me. I just made like a comment in passing about, you know, health insurance. Yeah, he's like, well, don't you try going somewhere I'm like what that we like exploit and, you know, take all their resources and shit. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> try going to one of the third world countries that also somehow still has health care. The same health care we do, but maybe even better. Yeah. It'd be great if Ford would kind of. You know, because I think it was the, did Ford collaborate with Mazda when like, remember the Ranger and the B2000? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If they would like get in bed with them again and like have Mazda maybe, you know, come out with an equivalent. And I don't know if that would help the market at all, but you'd think it would if there was more available. Yeah. I definitely could see that. being. I would buy one with a Mazda badge if I was. Yeah. Yeah, But here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got to think about this from that capitalist perspective. Right now, it's good to have a truck that everybody's scrambling for and can't get enough of and will pay any price to get. Manufactured. So they probably don't want to. They don't. What was that? Well, it's manufactured shortage, I guess, if they're not actually yeah. short parts anymore. Yep. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like Brandon was saying, I mean, it's mainly the dealers that are doing it. Like Ford is, at least in word, come out against the markups but you know not like they're actually following through on that but yeah it's I mean, really just four dealerships that are hey if you can't get a maverick in. if you can't get a maverick go ahead and buy a bronco <laughs> yeah. that's and they're selling plenty of those so yeah you know there is some i think there is some level of you know supply side scarcity being manufactured here like the same reason american car makers don't make cars anymore they make only trucks and suvs yeah. Soon, and then they, and then everybody points to, oh, well, everybody's buying trucks and SUVs. It's like that's all you fucking sell. So yeah, yeah. that's that's what people buy. It's just it's capitalism doing the capitalism thing. Yep. And I don't want to like blame the individual too much because obviously there's bigger forces at work. But goddamn, the amount of people that I see driving trucks that do not need a truck that I know is just pushing up the prices of trucks really gets under my skin. I mean, yeah, it really does. Like people drive in these massive pickups to work and back and they work in an office. It really does bother me because I'm like, you're the reason, motherfucker. You are the reason that I can't afford a truck. 
Yeah, that doesn't happen at all in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. No, none of my coworkers have lifted Dodge Rams with tire shine on them. Yeah. <laughs> are we are we still seeing lifted uh, trucks, but with the the low profile tires? Oh God! Oh, yeah. and the LEDs and the fender yeah. liner showing no, us showing honestly, us that they have fender liners. A lot of that <laughs> shit I can forgive, but the the, the low profile off road tires hurt me to my core yeah 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 i yeah i love how they have these wheels like they they almost copy that like jdm style with the deep chrome dish and everything i'm like that's cool in a jdm car but if you have a truck it's not cool it's like that's supposed to go in the dirt and on construction sites and off-road like you shouldn't be able to have those wheels like i'm sorry it's cool when someone who doesn't off-road has those wheels (laughs) yeah well, they don't off road either, but you know. No. You know, yeah, I know, I know. You know, you know, it's like the uh, the old uh, whatever they used to do in like foot binding in ancient China or something, where they're like, "Oh, we can, we're so rich that we don't have to work, so we can like disfigure ourselves." And it's like, what the fuck? That's what those trucks are to me. It's sad to see what inbreeding has done to the modern truck. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what that that meme I found on Hexbear and posted on facebook and then connor shared it on our social media and now i've seen that same meme like make its way around the meme averse yeah <laughs> and i'm like i i see the watermarks on it like i know where it came from in the first place <laughs> yeah we're, we're helping the revolution yeah yes yeah. <laughs> aiming towards revolution Honestly, to me, uh, and uh, like I'm making some assumptions here, but the thing that drives me crazy about the like the weird uh, uh, like Ram 1500 and 2500 bills that we're talking about uh, is that they're taking so many aesthetic cues from people whom the drivers of those Rams would happily say racist things about. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Should so we crazy. Uh, talk a little bit about buying cars? I think that we should. We Real should. quick, I forgot about a couple things. Do we have time for a um, rental car review? What do you mean? So I a couple weeks ago, I went to New York for a, a wedding and rented a Kia. Um, and, absolutely, uh, we have time for that. Okay. Yeah, we have, absolutely have time for that. Okay. I, I have a related one as well, but I'll let you go. All right. Uh, so I reserved a... Toyota Camry or similar. And when I got to the counter, they're like, guess what? You have the choice of a Chevy Malibu or a Kia K5. And I'm like, I have no idea what a Kia K5 is. is. I thought that was a a Chevy Blazer trim level. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, uh, I'll go with that since it's the newer car, I guess. It's a 2023. So it's a, you know, like midsize, full size sedan, something like that. It's the kind of like melted catfish looking one with the um, turn signals that wrap around the headlights. So it looks like it has orange eyeshadow. Ugh. So not the greatest looking car, if you ask me. They've um, been marketing it as kind of sporty, though. Like that much I know. So it does have a turbo engine. I think it's a like 1.5 or 1.6 liter turbo. I think it makes like 180 horsepower. So, like, not slow. Like, it's got decent power. It does have an eight-speed automatic, which is kind of weird because it would be, like, in fourth gear at, like, 30 miles an hour. And I'm like, I'm not used to this. 
and I think you can get like a like a more powerful version. I don't know how much power it has or what transmission. I think maybe there's like a DCT or something. But the complaints I had about it was um, the visibility is terrible, especially in the rear. Uh, I guess that's, you know, just styling and aerodynamics over like being able to see. Yeah, that's not good for a non-sports car. Like I can make sacrifices because my shit's cool. You can't make those sacrifices with a fucking Kia, in my opinion. Yeah, a sedan like I don't know. And then the brakes are like the most overboosted brakes I've ever experienced, like to the point that it was like touchy and twitchy. Uh, I had to be like really careful, like, you know, pinky toe pressure on the on the brakes. A part of me feels like that's just newer cars in general. They all seem to like be way stiffer on the brakes than I'm used to. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. If I don't even know how to participate in this because I find almost <laughs> any car made after the '90s undrivable. The brakes are too good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe I'm just used to the like steel braided brake lines and like you know decent fluid that I have in my cars. Um, that you know, it's a little bit more direct. But like, I don't know. It it was it was a tough getting used to. Um, and then also like I don't I couldn't figure out. Like, I'm not used to the whole, like, electronic interface stuff. Like, I couldn't figure out, like, if it was in a certain type of drive mode or whatever. Like, but the um, transmission seemed to be shifting into high gear pretty quick. And so it would, like, lug the engine on at, like, 1,500 RPM. It would just be going down at, like, I'd be driving at, like, 40 miles an hour. It would be in at, you know, 1,500 RPM and kind of making some weird noises. So, like, I didn't figure out like where the button was to change it into like sport mode to see if that would do a difference, you know, make a difference or not. But I don't know, but yeah, I would not recommend, uh, I mean, fine for a weekend, I guess, but I don't, I don't, I would not buy one. I mean, especially, you know, given the, uh, how easy it is to steal Kias and their reliability issues, but yeah. Oh, and, uh, I, I went to a, um, car show yesterday and met a couple internet friends that I hadn't met in person and um, nice. let my one friend drive uh, my Sabru because he was interested in it. And he's like, yo, dude, I, I need to get one of these. Is this for sale? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> maybe, honestly, <laughs> like I've been having enough trouble with it that maybe I just want to get rid of it. So we'll see on that. Yeah. But sorry, did you have something, Zach? Yeah, I had a similar story. I didn't get to drive it, but I rode in uh, a Tesla Model 3. All right. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I called an Uber, and that's what showed up. And I was in the backseat, and I, honest to God, have never been in a noisier vehicle in my life. <laughs> Which is Every because time. there's no engine noise. Like No. And I don't know if that made it worse, that made it more noticeable, but everything creaked. I heard plastic cracking like every time I moved. I was scared to like shift in the seat because I was like, I'm fucking breaking this thing. It was making so much fucking noise. And then I think the suspension was creaking as well. And just I, I could not tell you what all the cacophony of sounds were that were coming from this vehicle, but it was ridiculous. The whole time I was just sitting as still as I could thinking, I, if I break this car, I'm going to be in trouble. And like, I, I don't enjoy this at all. I don't know how you can drive that thing 
for Uber <laughs> and drive people around in it because yeah, the noises it was making were very concerning. I was like, I have a thirty-year-old Ford Ranger that makes less noise than this fucking thing. <laughs> well, of course, it's going to make less noise if all it can do is sit still in a yard somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not in a yard. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, that was my uh, my car experience that I've had recently. Well, it's a good thing that the the autopilot didn't crash you into something and you didn't burn to death trapped in the back seat. So we're happy about that. Yeah, thanks for reminding me about that as I was sitting in the car. That was <laughs> I really got my anxiety as this thing is creaking and popping. <laughs> It's like, oh God, we're gonna die. It's just gonna spontaneously combust and I'm gonna burn to death in an electrical fire. I, mean, I will say I did I did think it was very nice of Brian to send you the reminder of how to get to the manual uh handle in the in the rear seat. I think that, that was, was very very kind of Brian to do that. So uh, yeah, I'm looking that out for you, man. That did uh call me quite a bit. I was like, okay, at least I've got a tutorial here in case. <laughs> Got this tab open, Justin. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right, so uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get back to the the main topic. Let's, yeah, let's do it. Sounds All right. good. Sounds good. All right, we're back, and this episode we're going to talk a little bit of advice for uh, what to look for when buying a used car. And we're also going to get some input from Alex on, uh, you know, what to look out for when you're go taking your car to a mechanic and, you know, what some of the common pitfalls are. Cause I don't know if we mentioned this previous, but Alex is a, a bona fide mechanic and not just one of the shade tree mechanics like us. Uh, but we're going to put that off a little bit uh, because Connor has to leave in a few minutes. So, one thing we thought would be fun uh, to do today was give ourselves a challenge to find a car in our area for sale for around $5,000 and see, you know, what are some good cars uh, or, you know, sketchy cars that we could find. So since, uh, since Connor has to leave here, uh, what, what did you find, Connor? So my first instinct was to look for a 240SX, which I do periodically from time to time. I haven't in a long time, but over the years, I have looked for cheap 240SXs, even fucking shells that I can like, you know, that I shouldn't buy, but definitely fucking want to. Um, and I don't have the money for and all that. So I started with looking for 240SXs and um, in the Chicagoland area, I came up with, I think, one result for a single car and I don't think it was running. Um, and so that was with the like $5,000 budget, which spoiler alert, I was looking uh, up to 6,500 figuring, Hey, I could talk it down or go a little bit over budget. Cause we all know that's how it works. <laughs> you find a car you like, and then you're like, Oh, suddenly my budget is actually a little higher. Um, so I was playing that game a little bit. It's cheating, but Anyway, so I did look for 240SXs, and the reason you won't see any in my list are because I didn't find shit. Um, so I was actually surprised. I was like, damn, you can't get fucking anything for $5,000 anymore for 240s. They've all been crashed, rusted out, um, or they're already built drift cars, pretty much. So 
so what I did find was um, a couple of 350Zs that are definitely on the cheap side. <laughs> and um, then uh, today I was looking also at a couple of more practical cars. Um, and I actually came across a couple of Toyota Corollas. And I got to admit, after looking there, I'm like, okay, if I ever do have the ability to get a, a daily, which I really should, Toyota Corolla, kind of a decent option, at least from what I saw. So anyway, um, I did want to present a couple of the cars that I found. Um, so let me put this uh, in the chat here. So this first one is, it's one of the 350Zs. I haven't actually clicked on it yet. So I think it's, I think this is the 35th anniversary one, right? Yep. Okay, the cool. Purple one. Not, yeah. not many pictures of it, which is concerning. So uh, since we're talking about what to look for, probably a little bit of a red flag. But no worries. Connor is not scared by red flags. This car is $4,500. $500 under budget. You know what I could do with $500? Fucking modifications. Very good idea. That's definitely the way to go. It's got 154,000 miles. And uh, the description is as follows. <clears throat> in all caps, rebuild title. Then uh, not in all caps anymore. Uh, two gear grinds. Uh, messed for more info. So, um, <laughs> look, I'm going to say I do see some red flags. I get it. However, $4,500 is a 2005, which, ooh, now that I think about it, I wonder if this is a rev up. If it's a rev up, I probably don't want it. So in 2005 on the 350Z, there were rev up engines and non rev up engines. In fact, oh, yeah, this is a 35th anniversary. This is definitely a rev up. So I'm, I'd be a little bit more skeptical. I don't like the rev-up engines. They have a higher red line, but they came with some issues and they burned a little more oil and blah, 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 blah. But for $4,500, I don't know. So I'm not sure. Alex, what do you think? Do you see some red flags here or? Yeah, right off the bat. <laughs> okay, what do you got? I, I'm going to say mismatch front and rear wheels. This was, this was yeah. a riff missile. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and say that's not a red flag for me because I run on mismatched wheels all the time. That's a drift car thing. Whether or not this well, is actually well, that's a... what I'm saying. It's a drift car. Now, are we talking about something you want to buy to get to work? <laughs> or uh, ostensibly, yes. I would like it to run on the street. Sure. You're not wrong that really for the price, like it's hard to lose. But two gear grinds, like which one? Can you get into first gear without going <laughs> yeah. into second and first? <laughs> Hmm, that's a good point. I, I would have to ask that question if I were to meet this seller. Yeah, I'm considering red flags, I consider options. <laughs> yeah. Also, well, I'm see, see, I'm looking at this. I can talk this down, right? I can go in and be like, oh, two gear grinds. Oh, man, whatever. And it doesn't matter which gears are grinding. Whatever they are, I say, oh, those are the really important ones. Oh, I don't know, man. Maybe would you take 3500 for it? They would all day all day that's what i'm saying so and then i go oh mismatch wheels got any spare wheels i could take too you know so i yeah. think i could get this down to a pretty good deal i feel like the, i'd probably spend a lot of time in the garage fixing it too but you know that's just a bonus thing. yeah that's just a bonus you know more wrench time yeah that's a, a perk um <laughs> now i don't know what to say about a rebuilt title um but uh, I have generally avoided salvage titles, rebuilt titles. Um, mm -hmm. 
And I don't know if we're going to have time to get onto that topic before I have to leave, but um, you know, it's a common thing you see on Craigslist. So I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Maybe after I jump off, I don't know. Um, yeah. But title issues seem like, you know, a thing. The one thing I like to look for, I mean, buying used cars thinking, okay, if let's say you were willing to pay 3,500 for it, do you realistically think you could turn around tomorrow and sell it to someone else for 3,500? Oh, that is a good, uh, a good way to think about it. Not, not even if you were in interested flipping it, like would 3,500 even sound like a good deal to someone else? Because you have to remember sometimes we're a little insane and what we <laughs> yeah. think is a good deal based on something we like is actually still like someone else is like, what's wrong with you? You paid that much for it. I do feel like that's one of those. And I think we mentioned, I don't know if we mentioned this in a previous uh, basics episode, but it definitely helps to bring a friend. It just yeah. another yeah. set of eyes to be like, Hey man, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not preferably not someone that's uh, as insane as you are when it comes to cars. Someone with a little more even keel. Yeah. <laughs> to help mitigate some of that. Uh, oh, I want it bad. Kind yeah, of you can't you yeah. can't bring the enabler. And another thing I found that's really good also for like negotiations. I I always seem to end up finding cars I want in Orlando. Which for reference for you guys, that's like almost three hours north of me. For whatever reason, there's just like less sketchy cars up there and good deals. But what we do is we'll go look at the car and then we'll be like, listen, like we just took a long drive. We're going to go to lunch and think about it. Ooh, and I just like, like yeah, just mm. like a dealership, like same thing. If you walk to a dealership, you're looking at a car. The last thing they want you to do is leave. So if you leave, they're like, OK, this guy's like, we probably just lost him. He's not coming back. And that's a good way to negotiate. You can be like, I'll even shoot a text. I don't care. I'll be like, listen, you know, we're out to lunch. We're thinking we're going to head back. It's a long drive. I just don't think the car is mine for the price you want. And you you kind of put them in a situation where you don't have to have that awkward, like, in-person negotiation. And you can just be like, listen, I'm willing to pay this. But if not, like, I'm more than willing to head home. Thanks for your time. I love the awkward. Damn, episode. this is great. Yeah, I, yeah. new tactic just dropped. I'm doing this <laughs> forever. Wow, yeah. that's a good one. I, I got to bring in a slightly different perspective real quick because y'all are coming at this from a wildly different angle than I ever do. I like I find the vehicle. I it's 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 like to me. I'm going to a, a craft store in search of a canvas, and I <laughs> I need a specific size canvas. And it's like, oh, that size is more expensive than the other ones. It's like, well, yeah, but that's the one I I, I want. Mm-hmm. I, that's how I go to a car. Like uh, the Cutlass was actually one of the only things that I didn't buy specifically because I was seeking it out. And then I actually used tactics, and it took me three weeks to buy it, and I paid two thousand dollars less for it than asking. Yeah, but like my there you go my Ford van that breaks down constantly and needs tons of body work and is just a constant headache and problem. I overpaid for that happily because it's a rare body style that's hard to find. It's hard to find even in the condition that I found it in running Mm. and driving. It had a fresh motor, blah, blah, blah. But like, yeah. So Brandon, you're, you're seeing the issue here, right? 
you're, you're, sure. It's it's different ways of approaching the same you're, problem. You're the poster boy of exactly what we're telling listeners not to do, right? Because like, maybe if you listen to this back, I think you'll hear it, and maybe it'll change your behavior. A oh no, bit. I hate my Ford, but I also looked for it for years. And when I found exactly the one I was looking for, I bought it, and now it's my canvas. Do I make mistakes? <laughs> sure. Do I get mad and punch a hole in it sometimes? Yeah. And I don't know how to patch canvas, so sometimes it just sits there for a while. But <laughs> but the point is, like every time I fix something, there's one less thing I have to fix in the future, unless I did a bad job, and then that's on me. Uh, but eventually, it'll get to the point where I've done the body work, I've put in a motor that I want, I've put in a transmission that I want, and then I have something that I can drive coast to coast if I feel like it, and doing like my dream fucking cross country trip. Because that that was the thing I wanted. I now just have to turn it into something that will start sometimes. <laughs> Yeah. I, I relate to that too because my last GTI I bought, I I feel like I overpaid, but it was still something I wanted. And but I still that like going to lunch tactic for me is just as much for me to make a sane decision as it is in negotiations. Like because you get there and the car, it you know it's maybe not as nice, but you're like you just want to get it done, and you're like okay, just go, come down and think about it logically, but. It's work. I've only done this for the past few cars I bought, but I feel like I've gotten good results from it so far. No, I like that. That's that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's definitely a good tactic. Um, all right, I do have to jump off here, but I am going to post the other cars that I did find. If you guys want to go over them real quick, um, another three fifty Z for five thousand dollars and way higher mileage, uh, and then a couple of. Toyota Corollas that I also found if you, if you want to go over those if not also fine um, so let me put those the red one is actually pretty oh there it is the bubble rust yeah there was a lot of rust on that one <laughs> so yeah I don't know let me uh, pull up this last one here and then I, I do have to jump exhaust. off yeah I um, you know I just realized that uh, we only have 33 minutes left in the budget for Zencaster anyways. So we might not be able to get to all of uh, what we had planned for today. So can't wait for part two. Yeah. We might <laughs> ask you back for part two, Alex. I'll, I'll be here. But uh, I think we can look at these uh, just briefly. All right. Well, anyway, I got to, I got to run, but uh, Alex, thanks for coming on and we appreciate you uh, helping us out with our car buying uh, decisions here today. Wait, Connor, yeah, I, I found a '69 Chevelle for four thousand dollars in Chicago. You should buy that. <laughs> yeah, it looks not bad. me. I made that. I made that mistake once. I won't do it again. All it needs is a new everything. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw a Supra that needs a new head gasket. So I'm sure that's all it needs. That's easy. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. It just Doable. needs spark plugs for a misfire. That's yeah. It. <laughs> yeah. Um. I wish, right, I wish more of my friends would listen to me when I tell them, no, there is a reason it blew a head gasket. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to run. Um, I guess, Brian, should I just leave this open? Uh, yeah, I think that'll work. Okay, cool. And that's what we'll do. All right. All See right, ya. Later. Yeah, I, I do kind of like this 2002 Corolla with only 57,000 miles on it, or 58, I guess. Let me check um, this one out. It's, it's the cleanest Corolla I have seen in a long time. 
Yeah, that's a sweet car, honestly. For like a good daily. Yeah. It's hard to beat. Hard to beat. Not going to be like, you know, sporty or fun necessarily, but like it'll get you to work and back. Oh, yeah. I daily this exact spec just out of high school. Yeah. I had a I had an 87 Jetta. That was the beginning of my downfall that had no heat because the previous owner bypassed the heater core because it was leaking. Yeah, of mm. course. Yeah. And then my stepmom had one of these that she just didn't really drive. So it it never gave me any issues besides the time I used to use it to push shopping carts into curbs at high speeds. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, pro move, if your heater core is leaking, don't d- bypass it because you need it sometimes. Put in shutoff valves. Yeah. 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 Oh, it was like really leaking. Like it would have leaked coolant on my foot. Yeah. I've driven vehicles like that. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, so, Alex, do you want to go next with uh, what you found? Sure. Oh, I'm just, I'm not making any sensible decisions here. I just want to see what you guys think. It, I'm not either, so don't worry. Yeah, and my and my theory is if the the car's got high mileage, right? But it had to get there somehow. Yeah, uh, that's a good theory. And I think this is a badass car for the price. Wait, which okay. one are we looking at now? 2006 what? Volvo S60. S60R. So that is the turbo five cylinder? Yeah, I believe it's a 2.5 turbo five cylinder i think they made from the factory a little bit over 300 horsepower yeah i vaguely remember somebody telling me they had one of these one time and it was real fast they are real quick and real tunable this one's an automatic but they do come with that cool space ball manual shifter oh yeah um very comfortable very safe exceptionally fat exceptionally fast for a pretty big sedan and also under the radar I have heard that they're not the greatest handling cars, but like it's a big old sedan, so not too surprising. Yeah, we can't expect too much of it, but you could see those front calipers are pretty hefty. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And I think it's a pretty good looking car for its time. Yeah, my neighbor has a couple of these, and I think he likes them pretty well. Yeah, Volvo people are one of those people like Volkswagen people where it's kind of cultish. Like I said, like this thing's, I'm assuming if, if it wasn't running and driving, it wouldn't be on a used car lot. So like it would at least you, at least drive you off the lot. Right. And 236,000 miles, like somebody had to take care of it mildly. I want to trust you because you're a tech, but at the same time, that's, that seems like there's a, a, a certain degree where that's just diminishing in truth. Oh, I'm not telling you this is a good car to buy, and I'm definitely I'm definitely not advising any of our any of the listeners to buy this car. I'm just saying if you want something fun for around five thousand dollars and you want to learn how to fix cars, this is this is <laughs> how are uh, how are these to work on. Oh, probably terrible. <laughs> so they'll teach you a lot. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it's safe. I think it's relatively reliable. I think it's one of those cars that it doesn't matter 
what it's leaking or what warning lights are on, like it's probably going to get you where you need to go safely. It's not how I live my life. <laughs> um, well, uh, Brandon, speaking of uh, being unsafe, uh, what did you have for us? Oh, God. Okay, so I, I didn't want to play this game because of the exact thing that happened. I looked for what cars were available around me for less than $5,000, and I actually found... Here, I'll repost it for you guys real quick. But it's a very rare model of Dodge truck, and it's in terrible condition. Is it a 5.9 Dakota? Oh, no. No, no. It is It is literally the thing I saw earlier. I love this. Oh, this one. Yeah. This I, I won't say I've actively looked for one. Uh, because they're so hard to find that I stopped actively looking for them. It is a, it is a 1971 uh, L600. It has the front clip from a, a like an early Dodge van, but like these big fender flares. The cab tilts forward so that you can get to the motor underneath. It's 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 a commercial vehicle, and I'm yeah. genuinely considering like oh, I wonder what he can take and how I would get it home. <laughs> so like do you have a plan for what you would do with this yes or i would just... i would clean it up fix it up how it is like paint it and then drive it like that okay so like not even put a truck bed on it or anything just... i might put a fifth wheel plate on it okay yeah <laughs> um honestly it's like perfectly patinaed like if you put some fresh glass in it and brakes maybe maybe fix up the seat a little bit yeah i mean i uh i'm not a great upholsterer but i can do upholstery that glass the the two split panels they're flat so you can go to any glass cutter and have them made nice yeah the the engine in it is the it's one of the old like dodge 318s they're notorious for i mean like, they can make power if that's what you want but they're more well known for never ever dying um, they will just make 150 horsepower forever. You know, and, and not the way that a Toyota would, but in the way that like a work truck would. Mm -hmm. You know, they they last for a while, and it's just so fucking cool. And I don't go for practical because I don't need practical. I just ride my bike to work. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like, that's why I want to ride my bike to work. So I can buy dumb shit like this and people will be like, why the fuck would you buy that? And I'm like, why the fuck would you be my friend if you're asking me that question? <laughs> I mean, like, there's the some tire? pretty bad dings in it. But I mean, guys asking four grand and, and it's it's that weird intersection where, like, not everything that's rare is valuable. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, God, I, th I think at this point you're paying by the pound for this car. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, I did think it back over and realized that they do have a more robust frame. But I want to say that the van version of this weighed clocked in at around 3,300 pounds. So my hmm. guess would be with the, without the full van body, but the beefier frame and what appears to be 40 leaf springs. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, probably like thirty five hundred to four thousand pounds without a full tank of fuel, and five thousand pounds with a full tank of fuel. <laughs> right. I think that's a hundred or like maybe an eighty gallon tank. 
<laughs> yeah, that is like a semi truck tank, right? Dude, it's an, yeah. this is this was a commercial vehicle. There probably was a, a, a fifth wheel plate and not a truck bed on this, right? I don't think that these ever came as pickups. They it might have been a flatbed. That's perfectly like feasible, but it might have also had a fifth wheel, right? Um, I'm just appreciating the ease of service. Like just looking how you just lift up the front cab and you could just touch everything. Yeah, like when it right. says needs brakes, to me, I look at this thing and that doesn't phase me. I might not even have to lay down on my back to do the brakes on this thing. <laughs> yeah, don't forget, though, everything's going to be seized and stuck where it is. I have a system by this point. Torch. Uh, it's it's PB Blaster, let it sit, torch for a minute. More PB Blaster, torch, more PB Blaster, wrench. There we go. Yep. That breaks free 90% of everything. And then when it doesn't break free, I weld something to it. There you go. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm used to 50 year old shit. Like that is my, my bread and butter. So uh, I am well acquainted with how to work on something like this. And the thing is like for the area I live in, it just, there is on, on one fender, there is a, a real uh, ding that is going to have to be hammered out on the passenger side it is just caved in mm -hmm. but there's not nearly as much rust and rot as there should be for this area yeah i mean maybe just it's that much thick metal that it hasn't had a chance to rust all the way through i have looked for these before and trust me that is not the universal <laughs> truth <laughs> okay <laughs> no and uh, um dodge did make a pickup version of their van which i, I think that's basically what this cab is but then that's yeah. still kind of interesting because they stopped production on all of the early style Dodge vans and trucks in 60s. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, I'm thinking of Ford. Uh, they stopped in 70. So even this was being a 71, this might just be leftovers. Yeah, it does very much look like uh, we had this shit lying around and we kind of put it, put it together. But uh also, like uh, those vans are notorious for having a hard time cooling, and this will not have that because of the way, like that that air passageway actually can move air through it. Man, this thing's right. a win for me. So, like, it, this is exactly what I was saying earlier. Do, am I paying four thousand dollars because I think that this is a good buy or a reasonable purchase or anything to that effect? Fuck no, not in the slightest. But what it is is a reasonable price for a canvas that I would love to build something out of. Yeah. I could see how that'd be fun. Um, I could also see how I would like throw out my back anytime I try to work on this at all. Cause everything looks so heavy. It's usually got like an assist to it, but yeah, I mean, yeah. no dude, even dude, pulling the engine on this looks like an app, like a short afternoon endeavor. Oh yeah. Zach, Zach's worked on some old stuff. He, he sees what I see at least a little bit. <laughs> At least a little bit. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I definitely like the coolness of it. It's got a very big cool factor. It does just look like a rusty old pile of shit at the same time, but not as rusty and not as much of a pile of shit as it could be. The, the thing so, that concerns me, and this is what I would have to do actual research on, but I, I know people to talk to. I could find it out is like um, the driver's side door looks pretty uh, rusty. And I don't know if it's rotted. It might just be surface rust. But I have been told that the, uh, like, whatever this L600, uh, as much as it looks like an early Dodge van, it is completely different. Like, they were modeled to look the same, but nothing swaps over. 
Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, no. this is a you have to make sure that everything is present and accounted for because you will not find another one. Yeah. Yeah. Or like you said before, you're making the parts. For right. It. Which, you yeah. know, I, I'm used to doing it. And hell, at this point, like I have access to enough stuff where I can just do a, a bill it like five axis CNC copy of it. But um, all of that's, you know, work and effort that you don't always want to do. So, yeah. And uh, for the listener, uh, we'll have links for these in the show notes. And also I'll get some screenshots in case the ads go away before uh, this goes to air. So, uh if we're going alphabetical, I've got something here that like I, like I said, you can, I found plenty of like minivans and family sedans and um, you know, realistically, if you wanted a decent, you know, car, I would just get a Prius for this price. Like you can get a Prius with 200,000 miles on it and it'll, it'll do you just fine for uh, a while longer. Um, But with that said, uh, this is what I would get with this money. So, oh no. <laughs> no, no, no. This is a 2004 Mini Cooper S. Oh. Uh, That's with when the they supercharged were supercharged engine. Yeah. And 150,000 miles on it. These were built by BMW, I want to yep. say. These were yeah. built in England with BMW and maybe maybe Renault parts or Peugeot made the engines, I forget. So these are not known for their reliability uh, or <laughs> that's an understatement <laughs> or being easy to work on, uh, which is why it's uh, $4,300. So I don't see any obvious issues with it, but uh, that doesn't mean that it's, um, you know, in perfect shape. So they sound really cool, especially with an intake on them. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it's like 160 something horsepower, um, so pretty decent. And you can always, you know, swap the pulley and make a little bit more boost and make it less reliable. Yeah, I've driven one that was incredibly fun, but yeah, I'm just not tempted. I do like small cars. The I think the interior of these just annoys me too much to ever have to sit in it every day. It is a little bit um, quirky. Yeah, quirky. That's a good word for yeah. it. <laughs> I will say that I'm not necessarily tempted by it, but if, if we swap swap over from I want to build shit to I have to get places, like if I was working further away again and not able to ride my bike to work every single day, I'm doing that just for Alex now. Um, <laughs> yeah, a reasonably you, priced vehicle. I don't. I would have to do research because I don't know shit about these. So one, I need to find out if I fit in it because I'm six foot four. Two is 150 miles a lot for one of these vehicles. Because if I can get another like good chunk of mileage out of that, 34 miles highway is pretty fucking good. Yeah. I think it might need premium fuel because it's supercharged. Yeah. Um, mm. And, you know, my uh, old coworker had, I think, one of the base model ones, or his wife had it. And I think they eventually sold it just because it's so hard to get to anything in the engine bay to fix anything. Like, it's not like that you know it's maybe expensive to maintain or anything it's just to get to all that shit you have to take the whole front end apart so it's a little bit like zach's old uh, audi in that regard yeah. i think it's one of those cars that there's not necessarily well-known large mechanical failures just a lot of little shit is going to go wrong 
Yeah. And that's a BMW thing. It's going to yeah, like electrical everywhere. issues, that kind of thing. Oh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm done. I'm it, out. It's going to leak oil. It's going to leak coolant from flanges and like just like you said, shit that's going to be hard to get to without practically taking the engine out of a car. Yeah. But a lot of fun. And I will say they are decently roomy. I had a friend who's about 6'4", and he sat in one and was very impressed with how much space there was. So, Yeah, my big problem is that I just think that they're ugly as fuck. Yeah, that's something to get past. The owner of my dealership who could actually probably drive whatever the fuck he wants chooses to daily drive a Mini Cooper, but it's the uh, the newer one, like the GP, like the 350 horsepower one with the big arrow and all that shit. Oh, okay. okay. But he's a big dude. Like a, He's at least 6'2", and he happily daily drives that thing. So I think they're pretty accommodating for bigger people, so twice in an area that i hang out with hang out in but don't go to very often i've seen an old school mini cooper that has been hot rotted lowered like a little bit of camber and it just it looks pretty fucking quick so that's the only mini cooper i can think of in a long while that i've been like man that kind of looks sick the original ones are very cool and pretty popular for honda swaps Mm -hmm. i wouldn't be surprised because because that thing was moving man yeah. You know, I on the uh gra- I think it's on the grassroots motorsports forums, uh there was someone taking one of these generation of Mini Coopers and swapping in a Subaru WRX drivetrain, like the whole all-wheel drive system and everything. Wow. Hell yeah. Uh which seems like a lot of effort to make something that, like marginally better than a WRX. <laughs> it's just he was a like weird factor at that point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like he was having to like cut out like parts of the unibody and like weld in different fabricated, you know, parts and everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if you want it to be um, as reliable as a Subaru, that's a that's a way to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm super jealous of people with like very extremely talented fabrication skills. Because that, that's probably the case. No one would, I don't think anybody would pay somebody to build that car. But if you have the skills to do that yourself and just like, fuck it, let's see if I could do it. Yeah. That's something I would genuinely like love to do. Yeah. Well, uh, Zach, uh, what did you find? Oh, I found the answer. What is always the answer? Of course. We, we all know. Uh oh, this posting has been deleted by Sold its author. Because it was Oh too no. Good. It's so it was too good. Was it, it was that- posted four hours ago? Oh my god. Yeah, I have it pulled up still, so I'm gonna go over it still and I can throw some screenshots in there, but yeah, it's already gone. Guess what? It's I bought it. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> too far for me. No, this is a nineteen ninety-nine Mazda Miata, the NB. It's got hail damage, but it's only got 77,000 miles on it. And they're asking, let's see, four something? $2,500. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is why it went so quickly. Mm. I guarantee it. Um, in, in the same way that like, like $2,500 for a beater with a heater these days, it's like $2,500 is nothing to throw down on a car. Just. Yeah. I. I mean, I was legitimately considering this because as far as like a fun little track car goes, it's really hard to beat a Miata. 
And with only 77K on the clock, like you've got plenty of life left in it. And um, yeah, it looks like it has a pretty clean soft top as well, which is. Yeah, it looked like it was only cheap because of the hail damage and who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. That's just a golf ball arrow. (laughs) That's literally what people ask for hard tops now. Yeah. What? Miata hardtops are around twenty five hundred dollars now. Oh, I know, and I sold mine for like eight hundred bucks. I, I, I needed the money at the time, but recently, or no, 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 this was like ten years ago. And that that makes sense. They were like eight hundred to a thousand, like ten years ago. Now they're yeah. like the price of what a Miata. I bought an NA Miata for two thousand dollars in like twenty twelve, a running driving one. Yeah. That's unheard of these days. Uh, you could not touch a running driving NA for less than, I don't know, 8500 bucks now. If it's a decent car, yeah. They're, they're still five to $6,000 cars, but they're beat to shit, you know. I mean, yeah. I just found one for $4,900. Uh, it is what kind of condition? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what kind of condition is that in? Um, yeah, yep, that's what they look like. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think uh, the NB being a little bit of a dark horse helps the price on this one because For sure. you know people don't really like the uh, the NB. Doesn't have the pop up headlights. Has a little less desirable styling, mm-hmm. but it's still a Miata. It's still got the Miata charm to it. Yeah, and it's still a fun car. So yeah, if you're looking for a fun track day car that you could still drive around daily reasonably, I think that was a good one. Unfortunately, it it is someone's no enjoying available. it. Yeah, I hope that they uh, continue to enjoy it. My coworker has that same. It's a that dark green NB, and he just recently installed the Fly Miata like Stage One Turbo Kit that makes it like a very respectable 200 to the wheels, and he let me drive it and. Boy, is that just a perfect car. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. And it, it's all it needs. Like, it's not too much. It doesn't lose, like, the Miata feel to it. It's just, it feels like what the car always needed. Yeah, just a little pep in it. Yep. I was yeah. going to do that, and then I ran out of money. But uh, Yeah, that's what happens with turboing cars that didn't come turboed. It gets expensive. Yeah. yeah. Well, since mine was uh, already sold, I'll throw out my runner up real quick it's a 2008 toyota tundra 4x4 for 4900 bucks does have 250,000 miles on it but as we have said before it's a toyota so that's just past the break-in period yeah that's that's pretty bulletproof yeah does it come with the bed topper also it does does come with a paint matched hard shell topper 4.7 4.7 liter V8, little wrinkled on the side. Looks like it's gotten some damage, but this is one that I'm actually genuinely considering for my pickup purchase. Hell yeah! I love that. Like y'all, y'all think about things like uh, like the you think about mileage the way I think about how hard it will be to find another motor. Yeah, like 200,000 miles is barely anything, and I'm like, it's a Chevy small block with 200,000 miles. I'll just put a new one in it in a month when it needs it. <laughs> yeah. yeah the good thing is there's a lot of 4.7 liter v8s in junkyards too so if this ever needed a motor i mean it's basically 
like the Toyota version of a Chevy small block. It's yeah, I, I say Chevy fine. for my purposes, but yeah, dude, if, if something is, is replaceable easily or moderately easily given your skill level, whatever, gold. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll take something insanely high mileage that I can drop a new motor in over the weekend in a heartbeat like for the right money. Yeah. The combination, the combination of looking at these two cars back to back reminds me of an NA Miata that had a V8 from a Lexus LS. Oh, oh man. Those are nice. And it was just perfectly, like besides the Lexus badging on the valve cover or intake manifold, wherever it was, it, look, it just looked like it belonged in the car. Yeah. I've seen a couple RX-8s with that swap too. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, and it's it just those motors don't die. Yeah, yeah, that's like the like the modern version of a Shelby Cobra. Yeah, really. Exactly. You're just shoving a V8 into a little roadster, and you can put forced induction on those motors and make like oh god, four to six hundred horsepower on the bottom end, stock bottom end. I think. Wow. Yeah. Dumb like they're... ways to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're they're uh, cross bolted mains from the factory, so they're wow. pretty robust. Um, yes. Well, we only got five minutes left here, so I think rather than try to cover anything else, uh, we'll just do a part two of this uh, later on and get some actual uh, advice of what to buy and what to look for, rather than our uh, our bullshit um, unreliable. Uh, <laughs> basket case by the next time we record i'm gonna have already bought this fucking truck (laughs) (laughs) this this was the fun what not to buy or what to buy if you're you're just starting out and you've got a set of tools and you want to learn how to fix shit the real life way yeah but we could definitely come up with some cars that are sensible based on you know because some people want a reliable car but they also want something they might like so maybe we should try you know, tuning into different tastes of Japanese cars, American cars. There are some somewhat reliable European cars, and maybe I'll cover that part. Yeah, and give people options on decent cars for around $5,000 that are also kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think we did a Everybody bit. knows that the Civic is good. You're going to be good with the Civic. You're going to be good with an Accord. I feel like if if you're a car guy on this channel, you already know that, but... Yeah, but it's like if you get a Civic or or any sort of Subaru, then you got to factor in the cost of all the vapes. (laughs) Yeah, that does add up quickly. Yeah, and the Volkswagens usually come preloaded with like the My Chemical Romance CD. (laughs) (laughs) I love that because I don't even know Volkswagen stereotypes of any sort. So that just. Oh, we're emo as hell, man. (laughs) Masochist. Something to look forward to on the next one. We'll go into more depth. Uh, for now, I'll plug our social media, Cars and Comrades, at most everything. We're on Instagram, uh, Twitter, Hexbear, um, sometimes Facebook. I Maybe threads by this time, by the time this comes out. Um, but uh, yeah, um, Alex, why don't you uh, plug your social media before we get out of here? Sure, if you're interested in seeing pictures of my dog and my daily car stuff, uh, my Instagram is for the animals. It's for underscore the two underscores animals. So good luck finding that. And hopefully I'll be back for the next episode. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Yes, definitely. Hopefully, cool. I'll have this truck soon. <laughs> oh, and uh, also, you can email us uh, carsandcomrades at gmail.com if you want to be on the show, if you have uh, some stuff that you want to talk about. But with that, I'm going to stop. Goodbye, everyone. Cool. Bye. 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 Capitalism works if it works at all because it always has socialism to bail it out and, and to subsidize it. Ask any race, any real race. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. In the 1980s, 50 corporations controlled most news media in America. By 1992, that number shrunk to two dozen. And today, only six corporations control 90% of everything Americans see, hear, and read. The money spent on the Iraq war alone, which killed one million people, 5% of Iraq's entire population, and planted the seeds for ISIS to flourish, could have covered all global investments to halt climate change trends.